you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addison's. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Uh, Sherry B and J Mac are also on tap. They're going to help us navigate the show and uh, get around to your calls in the last segment um, of the program. I want to get your take, your response to what we discussed today. Mm-hmm. Uh, topic of the show is less freedom, more bravery. Less freedom, more bravery. Um, I remember writing um, several years back and looking at where we were in our country, where we were headed. Um, maybe this was like seven years ago. And, um, I remember saying, and I'm going to paraphrase myself. I should have looked up the article, but I'll paraphrase myself here. Um, but just saying that we need to prepare to be, um, um, oh goodness, we are the land of the free and the home of the brave that we've got to prepare to be more brave as we become less free. Hmm. And, you know, (laughs) I, I, I don't think that I thought we would be here as quickly as we are, you know, the kinds of the, um, Hmm. The kinds of conversations that we're having today are uh, startling, which may be an understatement. Mm-hmm. And again, um, when you have these kinds of conversations, I think it's very important for us to be very clear. I think murky conversations really mess us up in discussions, right? Like when you're trying to get to a place of understanding to allow for things to be cloudy or murky um, does not serve either party mm-hmm. and um, uh, whoever is a part of the conversation for that matter. And so I want to be very clear, and this is what we've been saying from the very first show that we did, where we strongly suggested and encouraged where you are convicted, remain convicted. Yeah. We felt like that was a catch-all for wherever you stood yeah. on the current conversations in our culture, wherever you stood, when talking about COVID, talking about shots, talking about, you know, what would be demanded of you as even, you know, to go so far as to, to what you have to say and what you have to agree to. And, and you know, all of these things that would um, confer upon you healthy citizenship in, <laughs> in the United States of America. Um, our strong encouragement was where you are convicted, remain convicted. And right. why, why did we feel like that was the best place to encourage people? Well, because we believe that those of us who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like why, why is that just so crazy to understand or to believe in or to accept? Um, if this were not true, the Lord would not have said this to us through the apostle Paul when writing to the Romans, that those of us, as many of us as are the sons of God, we are led by the spirit of God. Um, going back even further than seven years ago, I said, we've got to stop saying that we're all children of God. Yeah. seems so harsh. Right. (laughs) And, and I can understand it, you know, at the time it just, it, it seemed like, Oh, you know, Miki's so mean. And, and that, that was not my intent at all. I just think that we have to speak biblically on issues and culture. And you have a lot of Christians who will routinely say, well, aren't we all children of God? Well, 
No, um, we're not. In fact, the Bible makes a distinction. We are all made in the image of God and thereby derive our worth and our value that the image of God in us must be honored and respected. But the distinction of being a child of God is one that is secured for us by Jesus Christ, where then belief in what he secured for us, uh, the Holy Spirit indwells us. So now we have been adopted into the family of God. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not something that one just has by way of being born. Um, you must be born again. Marvel That's not. Right. <laughs> Marvel That's not. Right. That's right. Um, and and so so why do all of these distinctions become important? They become important because the closer we get to um, the closer we get to normalized anarchy, mm. those of us who would maintain our testimony are going to have to take um, bolder and bolder stances, uh, and it's going to be more and more difficult. Yeah. And so we've got a few stories here. And, and so less freedom, more bravery. That means that we're going to have to do things that many of us, we would rather um, put our head down and occupy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we'd, we'd rather just sort of uh, get after it for the Lord and, and occupy. When I, and I say wait for his return, I want to make sure that I include the word occupy because waiting for the Lord's return is not something that is passive. It is something that we actively do while we wait for the Lord to return. But now what we've been forced to do is we've been forced to kind of, um, unfortunately, draw attention to ourselves. Some of us, not all of us, not all of us, right? Uh, at least not yet. But at some point, it will be you, right? Like mm-hmm. at this particular, because the Bible says that all of us who desire to live godly lives will suffer persecution. That's right. So again, you know how I like to study the Greek. Uh, if you look up <laughs> the, <laughs> all, yeah. uh, it means and all. W- all and will. <laughs> and will. You know? And will. And, and That's the thing exactly is, right. the, thing that, the things that you're talking about should, shouldn't be difficult conversations for the believers, it, you know, mm-hmm. like the things of, um, you know, all are not children of God or those yeah. who are uh, led by the spirit of God. Those are the sons of God. You know, the, these things are, I would say, fundamental to the faith. Yes. Um, but, man, we, we live in a world that try to put pressure, you know, on us to uh, conform and to believe a certain way. Or we want we don't want to feel like we're not being loving and caring. Oh, mm-hmm. we're all children of God, mm-hmm. you know. And, and and we have to be ones in these days to stand squarely on the straight edge of Scripture and say mm-hmm. say what the Bible say about these things. And one, another thing, when we look at all these issues, we need to be praying. Holy Spirit, show me exactly uh, what I should be doing. Uh, yes. You know, what should I see in this? Uh, what are some things that's not like readily available? You know, when I when I look at this, but you can give me insight mm-hmm. because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us and he can direct and show us other things that we don't know. That's exactly right. I and mean, we have to trust that. Like, I mean, there's a there there is a conscious effort that is um, required for us to trust that and to yeah. believe that like there is there is action in our faith it is a it is a living faith you yes. know what i mean and and i think so often what we have done and and man for far too long we have relegated our belief to a sunday morning conviction mm-hmm. um or a wednesday night outrage you know we learn mm-hmm. about things going on and then and then we just leave those things and we forget about them and the rest of the days belong to us and our own uh, ingenuity or our own ability, our own wisdom, our own understanding, mm. when really our faith is a living faith. It is an as you go, it is an as you live type of faith. And we are seeing this um, 
increase <laughs> uh, increase in this country that we have to show up. We mm. have we we have to um, take those unapologetic stances and 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 stand firm and flat footed. And and I will say this because I, and I'm so grateful for the Lord. You know, the Lord considers how all of us, each of us, is made. Uh, even as members of the body of Christ, you know, there are some of us who um, God has uniquely designed us to stand out. Uh, loudly and vocally and to be on the front lines. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That God has raised up different individuals throughout the history of the church. Um, this is a part of the protective mechanism of the church where God has raised up individuals throughout the history of the church to protect the bride, to defend and to protect and to tell the truth about who Jesus Christ is. That does not mean that those of us who are members of the body don't individually do these things, you know, one-on-one mm-hmm. communication, mm-hmm. maybe in the, um, the, the position that you take on an issue on your job or um, in, in the grocery store, or whatever, however it is, as we go, we are all tasked with occupying. Um, but I will tell you that for those of us that now we find ourselves maybe increasingly kind of coming to the center of the arena, <laughs> you know, um, man, the Lord uh, sees us. Mm. Right. Like he sees you, those those of the believers who are now being forced to make decisions where you're like, man, I just, you know, not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're kind of like, I'm not a commentator. Mm. Like, I don't I'm not getting in the throes of this. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, but you've been pulled into the throes of it. Um, can I just tell you that for those of us uh, for whom it's true that the spirit of God indwells you, uh, then he's with you in the throes as well. Amen. He, he's with you in your throes. He's with you in the public throes, right? Yeah. Uh, God, God is with you. And, um, and that is something that we can rest in. I want to toggle back. I want to bring this story in just to toggle back to the interview that we had with Christian post reporter, uh, Brandon Showalter yesterday, where we were talking about, um, just what is going on with our children. Mm. And I mentioned something, and this is based on some research that I uh, read a few months ago that looked at just the rabid indoctrination that is happening. Um, ugh, it, it is unfettered indoctrination that's happening and robbing our children of their innocence. And one of the things that I pointed out, and some of our listeners may remember this because we explored this on the program where we looked at um, some of the various curricula that is being distributed across this country, how it seeks to normalize uh, body autonomy among children. Hmm. And one of the ways that this is presented to kids and then by extension presented to the parents is that it teaches something called consent, consent. Um, On the surface, this sounds really good. Right. Because you think, well, yeah, I want my kid to be able to say no, but that's the wrong presupposition because what you suppose is that what the school is normalizing is the answer no. Mm -hmm. But when you teach consent, but what you at the same time normalize is yes and everything, (laughs) yes and everything, Right. right? then what you are doing is you are empowering kids to rebel against their parents mm-hmm. and believe that they have the right to consent. They can do mm-hmm. whatever they mm-hmm. want. They can say yes. Right. And remember, right. the consent is not no, mm-hmm. I don't consent. The consent is yes, I do consent and to everything. Yeah. Yes, yes to everything, yeah. right? So th- this becomes important when you look at what California has just done. And... um, um. I, I don't know, like, so, cause here's what the questions that, that usually come from our listeners. And I understand this and I try to be very thoughtful uh, before we talk about these issues so that when there's a question, I, I really hate to say, man, you know, 
I'm just not sure. Uh, but I think the question after I explore this here in the first segment is uh, going to be, so what should we do, Mika? Right? Like, so so yeah. what are you saying about That's my insurance question. policy? That's the question. <laughs> what should we do? Yeah. And um, man, you know, <laughs> I'm just not sure. I don't know. Um, but I can tell you that when things like this happen, um, sometimes the first reaction is for us to make moves outside of our home to prohibit these things. When I think what should have been happening all the, all along, mm -hmm. but now increasingly must happen, is that you got to turn your attention inside your home. Mm -hmm. So you no longer look to external government agency, if mm -hmm. you will, to help you parent. Right. You've got to parent for the glory of God, which means you start inside your home, which means there may not be a big, huge campaign, although there can be that. Mm -hmm. There can be these, these pushes. I mean, that's what we do. It's in our DNA, right? But if those things are slow and coming and if those things don't happen and those things don't take off, what absolutely has to um, take off and can't be slow and coming mm -hmm. is the um, guys, please excuse me, kind of um, doing a mashup of these these terms here. But, man, we got to have grassroots parenting. Mm. We have grassroots activism. You understand what I said? We have these grassroots movements, which mean they start at the they start from the bottom, work their way up. These these are people who are just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, man, um, what if we had grassroots parenting where where parents are saying, OK, hold up a second. These children are my responsibility. So here's yeah. what I'm talking about. Oh, go ahead. Will the great. Were you going to elaborate? on? No, that? I, no, I agree. I agree. And at the end of the day, you know, when a question is posed to us, you know, about our children, we are the ones who are responsible. It's not mm -hmm. the government, you know, to to carry out this and, and that first uh, we as the parents are responsible. So I, I'm just agreeing with what you're saying. Absolutely. So at the end at the end of September, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom of California signed a couple of bills that I think would be important to us. And I want to start with the one that I think um, might be a little more outrageous to parents and a little a little more unbelievable. Um AB 1184, which was sponsored by Planned Parenthood Affiliates of California, uh, this bill that Gav, uh, Gavin Newsom signed, okay, prohibits insurance companies from revealing to the policyholder the quote-unquote sensitive services of anyone on their policy, including minor children, even though the policy owner will be financially responsible for the services, okay? These quote-unquote sensitive services include abortion, sexual assault treatment, drug abuse, mental health uh, treatment, cross-sex hormone treatment, <laughs> puberty blocker, and sex change operations. Uh, parents are not allowed to know about those things. Wow. The insurance companies do not have to reveal that their children have received these quote-unquote services. Wow. wow. We'll unpack this a little bit more when we get back. Um, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and it's Fred Hammond. Give me a clean heart. So less freedom um, has to equal more bravery. Less freedom has to equal more bravery. We, we just don't have um, an option. And, and I want to tell you something, too. This is not the um, this is not uh, bubblegum pop, bubblegum pop bra bravery. Right. This is not 
um, oh, that's a good font bravery. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is Holy Spirit empowered bravery where uh, I'm calling to mind uh, Joshua taking over, leading God's people, mm-hmm. where um, the Lord reminds him repeatedly to be strong and courageous. But mm-hmm. again, it's not I like that font strong and courageous. Mm-hmm. It is I am with you. Yeah, I am with you. I will empower you to do the things that I've called you to do. Um, and, and so for where we are now, the bravery that is uh, required of us is uh, it's not a song that we sing. Mm-hmm. Guys, this just wake up to where we are in, in this nation as Christians. It is not a song that we sing. It's not a poem that we've memorized. Right. It is not a mantra. It is not a, a national motto of sorts. The bravery that I'm talking about is a bravery that only comes from those who are sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit, who have the Spirit of God indwelling them. And so because you're facing immense pressure and the pressure will increase. And and you say, man, Miki, why do you talk about these things? Because it would be irresponsible to say that you love the people of God and to watch and read what is happening all across this country and downplay it in exchange for pink gum. <laughs> we don't do pink gum radio. You understand what oh. I'm saying? Like we, this is, we love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we want you to be encouraged and yeah. we want to encourage you. Even as you face the reality, we all face the reality that the America that we grew up in, some mm-hmm. of us, you know, for a very long time, others of us, not so long, but the America that we grew up in um, doesn't exist as it once did. So what does this mean? This means that we have got to navigate this new landscape for the glory of God. So in California, you've got law now that says a parent will be responsible for the financial burden of their kid receiving medical treatments, health services, but they don't have to know what those medical treatments or health services were. (laughs) Now, Hopefully you can see why I connected this to uh, the teaching of consent to children in school. Mm-hmm. Because if you teach kids body autonomy, you teach kids consent, you teach kids that, hey, you know, you, you can do whatever you want. Um, and then, you know, they're then develop the consequences of doing whatever you want. You know, um, maybe sexual assault because because you, you empower. You understand what I'm saying? You just do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um Parents don't have to know about that. So you know that you take your kid to the doctor's office and, you know, you get the explanation of benefits or, you know, just to, you know, here's what happened. These are the services that were rendered. And they, you know, this is not necessarily a bill, but (laughs) here's what happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, no. For the parent, you would you would be the the financially responsible party. You're going to have to pay for the services, anything not covered by your insurance. That's going to be yours. Uh, deductible or otherwise or copay or whatever it is that's that's your responsibility but you can't know what it was for right do you understand Mm -hmm. that this is a full revelation of hand as far as where we intend to go in this country as it pertains to your children so the christians um the conservatives you know you're out of your mind when you think that they're singing we're we're coming for your children um that (laughs) you're out of your mind to think that that's real, right? Like you're, you're out of your, but, but at the same time though, still coming for the children, right? The actions (laughs) are still going on, still coming for the children. So, so you have parents who will be responsible 
um, for the financial burden of medical treatment for their children. Now, listen, the medical treatment that the child has decided he or she needs at the age of 12. That's crazy. In California. Now, as far as abortion is concerned, if the child wants to receive an abortion, they don't have to reach the age of 12. They can consent to an abortion at any age. And now what is legal in California is that the parent doesn't have to know that their insurance, quote unquote, <laughs> covered that. And I won't even call that a service. Covered that. <laughs> Do you understand? Guys, so so this is um, this is an effectual wrestling away of children um, away from their parents. Right. So the question can be. Okay, so what do we do? Do we write do we write letters to our insurance companies? Uh, what do we do? Do we do we send letters to our representatives? Like, what do we do? Like, how do we what? Because because does this stuff kind of come down the pike? Like, you know, does this does this come to a state near me? All of these things, yeah. And maybe maybe a little bit of all of those things. But I'll tell you, the first and foremost thing that you need to do is you need to be in a significant relationship with your children, mm. where you are making them impervious to this culture, where they you. You need to raise children who would not dream of keeping something like this away from you. You need to raise children who know who Jesus Christ is. You say, well, well, how do we how do we do that? Well, it takes work. This is evangelism and discipleship and child rearing all in one package. All in one. This, that is what we do. It is what man. I, I can't tell you how many scriptures you go through. And then I'm going to move on from this because we're talking about less freedom, more bravery. What's going on in our, in our country right now that requires more bravery. But I can't tell you how many scriptures that I read, both Old and New Testament, that really banks on the involvement of parents to proliferate the knowledge of who God is. Hmm. It's amazing to me. Like, I, I don't know how we moved so far away from that expectation, but the expectation has always been that it is from the parent that the knowledge of God would come, that it would be transmitted to the kid via the parent. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's always been our responsibility. Now, look, there are other people. We have pastors. We have ministers who can come alongside and give aid to us. But the responsibility of transmitting the truth of who God is, transmitting the gospel, that has always been the responsibility of the parent. And it's only here recently that we've kind of made moves in our culture where we normalize, um, man, the abdication of that role. And, and guys, what I'm saying is that we've got to get it back. Yeah. We've got to get it back. The thing is, when you look at this, these laws, you can't, you have to describe them as wicked. Um, it's, it's really making way for there to be no authority. That's right. It's, it's making way for there to be rebellion Mm-hmm. And it to be normalized, like you don't yes. have to tell your parents this or that, you know, just do whatever you need to do. And like you said, in school, being taught, hey, you can if you feel like this, then be this and do do this, you know. But at the same time, and they're also saying with these laws and your parents don't have to know anything they don't about have it. To know. They don't have to know. That's they don't. They're, they're saying they are saying those people are not the boss of you. Exactly. Okay, And it started with little conversations, I say little conversations, and and I don't mean that literally. These are not little conversations, but little discussions as to whether or not um, teachers would have to tell parents if children identify as something or someone different when they're in school. Hmm. 
It started out with, um, you know, well, from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., those kids are ours. We we determine what you, you can't do this with your kid. You can't do this with that with your kid. We have control here. Those those kids are ours. And and slowly we give up the ground where we're like, oh, oh OK, well, I mean, if I can't, I OK. No, they're, they're your kids. Right. They're your kids. And the water has consistently been tested to see mm-hmm. how far can these people go? How far can these people go? They, and yeah. every time we said, OK, mm-hmm. every time we were like, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. you teach them whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> and then they just went a step further and a step further and a step further. Yep. And what, but what was always the aim? The aim was always to wrestle the authority away from the parents. They've convinced parents that they are the experts, that yes. they know more than you know. So yes. let us handle this. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Now, um, uh, COVID nation, um, oh my goodness. <laughs> liberty and vaccines for mm. all. Um, <laughs> So Net Star Kyrie Irving um, is, I think, is he the lone holdout? Uh, is is man. he and uh, and uh, Jonathan Isaac? Yeah, I think I, that's the that's the two I know of right now. So I don't know if there's more. <laughs> okay, so Brooklyn Nets uh, star Kyrie Irving it stands to lose three hundred eighty-one thousand dollars a game. A game. <laughs> they <Whatever>. have a game. <laughs> that's. Change. Yeah, but they have. I'm kidding. Games. No, I'm. I'm. I'm kidding. That, <laughs> look, I'm That's, joking. Fifteen point five million dollars. All right, is crazy. the potential loss. Fifteen point five million dollars, the potential loss that uh, Kyrie Irving stands to lose if he does not get COVID shots. He has said that he is not doing it. Um, he is strongly convicted that he is. He doesn't have to do this. He doesn't want to do it. It goes against his own personal conviction. But why is this a story uh, today? Is This is a story today because unlike Kyrie Irving, um, Andrew Wiggins, Golden State Warriors Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. at once was as staunch as Kyrie Irving, but he has now uh, gotten the shot. Yeah, he took a U-turn. He was like, oh, go ahead and get it. But, but here's what I want to share with you about what um, Andrew Wiggins said, because before we say, oh, man, I can't believe I, I, I think it's fitting for us to hear mm-hmm. um, Andrew Wiggins. And I, I'm going to quote him here. I wish I had some audio here, but I'm going to quote him. I think it's important for us to hear um, the type of pressure that he was placed under. And, and I hope I, I hope that there is something inside of us, even the people who were like, no, I don't I don't have a problem with uh, getting a shot. But you respect the rights of other people to say, no, I don't I don't want to do that. Right. Here was Andrew Wiggins. Um, This is what he said. He told this to the athletics, Anthony Slater. This is what he said, quote, I feel like my only option was to get vaccinated or not play in the NBA. Hmm. It was a tough decision. This is what he said. Now, guys, listen to this. Hopefully in 10 years it works out and I'm still healthy. Man, that's sad. When I read that, I was like, guys, I mean, (laughs) there's a weight that comes to rest on on your chest where you're like, oh, Lord, like this is not the kind of country that we live in. Right. Well. It, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. Here, right. here, here he is again. Here he is again. Wiggins, in his own words, quote, it's not something I wanted to do, but I was kind of forced into it. I guess to do certain stuff and to work, you don't own your body. Mm. Hopefully there's people who are stronger than me and keep fighting for what they believe in. That, man. He went on. I had COVID before and it mm-hmm. wasn't too bad. 
A couple years ago, I had an allergic reaction reaction to something. It was a scary moment. And I carry an EpiPen now. I know a lot of people get reactions or injuries from getting the vaccination. Also, I don't know what it's going to do to me in 10 years in terms of gene damage. There's no studies on whether or not it's going to cause cancerous cells. So I don't know what the vaccine is going to do to my body. No one in my family is vaccinated. It's not really something we believe in. I didn't want to get the vaccination. It's not something I wanted to do. <laughs> Guys, I, I just. <laughs> wow. uh, so, but can I tell you, though, because we, man, we got some clips. I got to go faster. Got some clips that we want to play for you. Um, it is very clear that this is not about getting a shot. This is about compliance. This is about numbers. This is about pushing the American people just to see how far you can go. Do the American people really believe that they have rights? Are they willing to fight for those rights? And, and, and here is what these drug makers know. Here is what these drug makers know. When you attack somebody's purse, when you get into somebody's pocket, you can get them to do pretty much whatever you want. Mm Mm-hmm. Like who's going to who's going to cry out about their rights when they're staring down the be- the barrel of uh, of their job, you know, losing their job. Yeah. Right. And and, and, yeah. and this this is where we are. Yep. This is where we are. All right. I think we have one clip. This is from Project Veritas. Guys, you <laughs> James O'Keefe um, <laughs> is um, just and I mean this in the best possible way, but he's like a beast. OK, like he just shows up on site. Uh, he sends people undercover and you you're left wondering how in the world did he get this information? Um, but here he is. He has a sting, a sting operation that has revealed what many Americans have felt all along, that yeah. this is about mandating drug use right. against your wishes, right. taking things into your body against your wishes. All right. Here's clip one. I feel like what they're doing. Like. For instance, like the city needs like vax cards and everything. It's just like about making it so inconvenient for like unvaccinated people to the, to the point where they're just like, it, I'll get it. you know? What do you mean? Like if you are restricting people that are unvaccinated from doing anything and then like vaccinated people are allowed to do anything they want, eventually they, they're just going to be like, Let me just get vaccinated. (laughs) That is Nick Carl. He Mm -hmm. is a biochemist, a scientist at Pfizer. He's a scientist at Pfizer. And it's difficult to hear because this is like raw audio. This is, you know, undercover audio kind of a thing, um, which I want to encourage you because there are more uh, videos available. If you go to projectveritas.com, where not only do they talk to Pfizer employees, but they also talk to Johnson and Johnson employees undercover and they spill the beans. They talk about all that this is. I mean, it, it is. I, I got to tell you, though, and Will the Great, I'd like to get your take on this. Mm-hmm. As I was watching these videos, yeah. um, I felt some sorrow for these people. Yeah. Because you know that they communicated this at <laughs> great risk and probably their worst fears are realized. Probably so. I would, I would imagine, you know. And the thing is, what he was saying on this clip was exactly what Andrew Wiggins experienced. Yes. That the pressure yes. gets so great that you're like, ah, oh, just take it. I'll just take it. You know? And man, so that's Nick, sad. Nick Carl, biochemist, scientist at Pfizer saying that the aim is to make it so difficult if you're not vaccinated, so difficult for mm-hmm. you to live that you finally just get so frustrated and we had to bleep it out, but that you just take the vaccine. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what he said. This is from inside Pfizer. Yep. 
So I just want to say to everyone, so you're not crazy. Right. You're not right. crazy. The pressure is on purpose for a purpose. They have a reason for this. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take the break and be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will and that's Shailene, a mighty fortress. The only time I can think of, um, I guess, maybe consuming videos that were more shocking than what we are consuming now, looking at what has come out from Project Veritas. And Mm -hmm. you can go to projectveritas.com. We'll put some links in the show notes so that you can um, see it, uh, find it for yourself. Uh, but is the Center for Medical Progress, remember the videos where it was revealed that um, uh, baby body parts, mm-hmm. aborted baby body parts were being harvested yeah. and sold. And, and I cannot ever erase from my mind the woman eating her salad mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's talking about, you know, where they're going to, you know, perform, where they're going to rip babies apart to protect the organs that they're trying to harvest. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I remember just being so shocked um, and, and, uh, Anyways, because you just, you know that, you know that, you know that people are evil, but when you see it, you're just like, wait, man, this is, this is, this is unbelievable. And my problem Um, is things come out like this, but I'm like, man, what's going to happen? Like the stuff still goes on. Yeah. That is the thing that, you know, upsets me. I'm like, 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 okay. So you have it on video. Like it should be, that should be a wrap. I know that there was one senator, and I wish I had his name in front of me. I knew that there was one senator that wrote a letter, uh, sent a letter from his office to uh, Health and Human Services, um, demanding that there be a response to this, to this information that came from um, Project Veritas. We, we'll have to watch and see what happens. But uh, just some of the players that are in, <laughs> in these videos, you've got scientists from Johnson & Johnson, You've got a man by the name, and I'm not sure how you say the last name, Chris. It looks like Croce. I don't know how you say that last name, uh, but he's a Pfizer senior associate scientist. And one of the things that he says in the video is, I work for an evil corporation. <laughs> quote, our organization is run on COVID money, end quote. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it is <laughs> absolutely mind boggling that, you know, you could have people speak so freely. And, and one of the people who is a part of this, you know, um, undercover interview, if you will, um, says that even within the organization, people go into their offices and close the door, but they don't know if people are still listening. It's like you don't talk about people's natural antibodies. Mm. You don't talk about that. You don't talk about them developing natural immunity. That is not something that you discuss. There was one of the um, Pfizer associates who said, uh, we've gone through so much training to learn how to talk about this, to learn how to talk around these, these Mm -hmm. things that you do not. But when pressed to give their private opinions, their private opinions is that if you have contracted COVID and recovered, you're protected for longer. This is consistent with any of the medical information that we've talked about from other professionals who are willing to tell you the truth. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yep. this, this is not different. So it's not it's not new in the sense of like, oh, my goodness, look at this, this, you know, new information. Right. It's just that look at who it's coming from. Right. Look at who it's coming from. You've got the Johnson and Johnson um, employee 
who is saying that he wouldn't even take the Johnson and Johnson shot. Like he wouldn't, <laughs> he, he himself, Johnson yeah. and Johnson employee would not take the Johnson and I Johnson shot. <laughs> Cause he know. You've got another <laughs> Pfizer employee who says they've just now sent off a batch, quote unquote, of research on people who are having adverse reactions and they're not really sure where it's all going to go because they're now they're studying it now. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, what? So then you couple that. Let's 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 remember what we are observing. Right. So you couple that with the fact that there is underreporting whenever a person has been, quote unquote, vaccinated and they develop an adverse uh, effect an adverse effect or reaction to that, that shot, mm -hmm. um, they underreport it. They underreport it. So if we're still in what would con be considered clinical trials, by the way, guys, if we're, <laughs> if we're still in clinical trials, why wouldn't you report that information? Right. Why is it wrong? Why do you become an outlier to say, uh, hey, my chest is hurting? I got my second dose in my chest. Why, why are you an outlier? Why, why are you, you know, a foil paper hat to say right, that? Right. All right. Let's open the phone lines. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Less freedom in this country, <clears throat> excuse me, necessarily means more bravery. Yeah. It can't, it can't mean anything less, right? If, if you are not free, you have to be brave. Right. If, if you're not free, you have to be brave. And so, you know, I will go back to what we originally said, what we originally said when we started this whole series of talks. And, and I, man, I'm sensitive to people who have made decisions. But remember, this conversation is not about the person who wanted to get the shot. That's not what this conversation mm -hmm, is about. Mm -hmm. That's not what this conversation is about. This conversation is about the one who didn't want to get the shot. Mm -hmm. And one of these Project Veritas videos you will see, um, there was a nurse who survived the COVID pandemic and was forced by her company, by her hospital, by her organization, <clears throat> excuse me, to get this shot and got the shot and then died as a result of it. You can watch the videos for yourself. It's all right there. Projectveritas.com. You'll carve out some time, carve out some time and, and you'll watch it with your mouth. Just, just falling down to the floor. Because it is unbelievable to know that there are people that you, now you have the evidence that there are people who would keep information from you willfully, that they yeah. they do want you to be underinformed. We we talk about and we just kind of like, you know, flippantly say this. We say we have the right to informed consent, informed consent. And now we have proof positive that people don't want you to be informed, but they will demand that you consent. Mm -hmm. This is this is, um, you know, I think concerning is an understatement, yeah. but it is concerning. And so what's the catch all for this? And again. One more time, one more time, one more time for the person who wanted to get the shot this and, and you're okay. You're okay. You didn't, I'm fine. I'm that's, that's okay. Right. Good. That's good. This is, this is, this is not about dash. Remember this is not <laughs> this or whatever, however it goes from the Incredibles. But this is about the people who don't want to. Yeah. Or in the case of Wiggins, this is about the people who didn't want to right but were made to choose between their livelihoods what they do for a living and violating their conscience man, man. I, I and that's the thing i think we have to make sure that we realize you know who this is about because there was a time in this country where you were able to say no 
just because mm-hmm. and you, you didn't need a special exemption. It was more right. like I, I, I don't want to. I don't want that. You know, that time is is coming to a, a close. Yeah. And I, I'm seeing, you know, as you look out and you see all the different things that are converging and happening, you yes. know, the, the authority being taken away from parents, you know, by laws, this stuff that's happening with, with COVID. Yes. I'm thinking about the, the IRS, you know, the, the, the $600, you know, the account monitoring. Yes. Stuff. Yes. All, yes. Man, when you look at all of this stuff, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. like, wow. Yeah. And it feels like that uh, fundamental change is, is taking place and we're right in the midst of it. And you and as the believer, we have to say, Lord, God, make me wise. Give me wisdom. Help me to yes. see. Help me to know you know, what to do because mm-hmm. these things, things are really changing. Like you said, people are not crazy. Like mm-hmm. things are happening mm-hmm. and you know, we just have to really lean and depend on God. Amen. And, and it is not reckless. Let me just say this to our brothers and sisters who are listening. It's not reckless um, or unfruitful to say, you know, Lord, I don't really know what to do, but I'm, I'm really depending on you. Like I'm, I'm leaning on you. Um, trusting in you. Like Hezekiah, that, King Hezekiah said that. Come on. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Like, man, fix your eyes on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Fix your eyes on Jesus. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where to first? All right, let's go to Devon in Texas. Hi, Devon. Hey, good afternoon, guys. How are y'all? Doing good. Just a a couple quick things. So uh, recently, my, my little girl, she just turned four in September, Recently, we had an encounter in her school where she came home and told us that they told her that uh, it was okay for a girl to be a boy and a boy to be a girl. So mm-hmm. immediately, me and my wife, red flag, you know, we were ready to get pitchforks and storm the Capitol. <laughs> I mean, uh, not in a literal sense, but you know, I got we were you. upset. I mean, and like you guys commented, you're, you're messing with my child and you're mm-hmm. stripping of her innocence. So Come on. we addressed the school and uh, had a question, like, is it something that's being taught or was it something that came up? And to make a long story short, another they were talking about family roles and another child said, well, recently my mom, my dad became like a mom, I guess, mm. at gender transformation. So whenever the kid said that, um, the teacher said, well, it's okay, you know, mm. for a girl to be a boy and a boy to be a girl. Well, when that happened, we, you know, took it to the, the director of the school and uh, they called the teacher in. So we asked her, you know, what was going on? Is it something that you guys are teaching? And they tell us, well, no, this is what happened. And whenever it happened, my daughter stood up and said, no, that's not true. And in order to de-escalate the situation, the teacher said, well, it went against my faith as well. So I didn't know how to, you know, address the situation. So I just told him that, well, for her, that that situation is true. Her dad is a mom or whatever have you, but you can be whatever you want to be, a doctor, a nurse, a lawyer, astronaut. So she said she tried to direct it. But that, that led me to believe, like, at, at today's age, we as Christians have to stand up for our faith. We have to mm-hmm. trust in God, even in the face of losing our jobs, our benefits, our hair care packages. We have to trust and know that God's going to take take care of us. If one door closes, another door opens. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, I know you guys got a lot of uh, one more comment. Uh, with all these uh, man- mandatory vaccines, couldn't these uh, companies with more than 100 employees, couldn't they give the employees the option to be 1099 and self-contract? Do that company in order not mm-hmm. to mandate the vaccine only for the ones that are opposed for the vaccine so where they yeah, can still you, keep their job the economy doesn't have to suffer 
Yeah, you know, Devin, but here's the thing, man, there you go being all moral. You are <laughs> <laughs> you are assuming that these companies actually want to do the right thing, that they actually want to mm. care about people's individual liberty. Some of these companies do not care for this because yeah. what has happened, the ball has started to roll in our country where, please understand, it's not only about the mandate, it is also about, quote unquote, loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have kind of like consumed the soup. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and they're all in on it. Like they're, they're all on the take for like, you know, to show that you're a good person. Mm-hmm. And so this goes well beyond just, oh, our hands are tied. We have to do it. It is also no, we need 100 percent compliance because we need to be able to say this on uh, Instagram. It's signaling, signaling, virtue, virtue signaling. signaling. Yeah, that's what it we're is. a good company. We're good. And, we and, love it. All people and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly. And, and so whenever you can do that, you can pull on people's emotional heartstrings. Right. Um, let me say this before we go back to the phone lines. Devin, kudos to you and your wife. Uh, for what you are uh, imparting to your four-year-old. That's right. All right, because what you just (laughs) did was you just juxtaposed the four-year-old, all right, against the adult teacher (laughs) who, who, against her own conviction, all right, said something that wasn't true, that wasn't true to her, that wasn't true, period, but she didn't believe it, even as she said it, and but did not have the wherewithal um, to do what your four-year-old did. But it shows the indoctrination system that is the school system, too. Absolutely. Like she, I'm sure she felt pressure to not rock the boat. So let that's me go exactly ahead and right. say, that's all right. That's good. You know, mm. man. Man, I'd like to shake that four-year-old's hand. All right, Will the Great, where do we go? All right, let's go to Roy in Oklahoma. Hi, Roy. How you doing this wonderful evening? Doing good. Hello. Uh, I just want to bring up something that's, that's real. Um. Why is it that we have to take one, two, a booster shot for a shot that uh, back in history, when all of us grew up, uh, we only took one shot for mumps, for smallpox, and people in the military only took one shot when they came in, in the Army or the Navy or Air Force to deal with, deal with what we had to deal with. But today we got to take a multi-bunch of shots that don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. We got to be careful. People need to wake up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need to wake up today. Yeah. Hey, Roy, let me tell you. Let me tell you why. You know, we are absolutely being lied right, to. But right. let me answer your question. Your question was, why do we have to take all of these uh, cocktails and inject them into our bodies? Well, because when you indemnify um, a drug maker and you say that that drug maker does not have to be responsible for the outcome of the drug on the people who consume it then now what you create is a mad scientist that does not have to face any consequences, right? Mm -hmm. So it could be alive and chase people, but the scientist, nobody goes back to the scientist, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we have done in this country. We said, yeah, we want you to make vaccines. We want want to have a healthier society. But what Dr. Evil did was say, wait, you know what? We don't, wait a minute. This all goes back to the government. Vayers reporting. We are clear. We get out scot-free. So you know what we can do? We can not only make more vaccines, but we can ramp up the schedule where they have to receive these vaccines more frequently. You do a comparison. If you can find your little crumpled up card from when you were five (laughs) and compare it to your grandkids or some of you, your great grandkids, and look at the sheet of paper that they get, man, it will break your heart. It will break your heart to look at some of the vaccines so-called that kids have received by the age of five compared to the first one you got when you were five. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, is, it is unthinkable what we have done in this country. But I'm going to tell you, um, the love of money, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The love of money. 
And unfortunately, in this country, we have some people who are in some um, positions of power who love money. And they don't care a whole lot about how their love of money adversely affects you Mm. because the money still comes to them. So that's how we get here, Roy, to your question. How do we get here where we ramped up all of these vaccines that people have to receive? Why are we doing this? Because indemnification. Because if you've got a drug company that doesn't have to take responsibility for the adverse reactions that people suffer, then I can make whatever I want and then require it. Require that you take it. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.